0: Today on Rolling with New York Mike. The real existential threat to America is that we're going to tear each other apart. We're going to divide each other so much that we won't be this nation of all coming together as one. E pluribus unum. That's the goal. That's what's on that $1 bill. In God we trust is on that $1 bill. Welcome to Rolling with the most patriotic man I know, my husband, and now, his podcast rolling with New York Mike get on the ride hi I'm New York Mike and this is rolling with New York Mike and we are rolling 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 yeah baby. So last episode I said bringing us all together is gonna is gonna take something that will focus all of our attention as a nation a national crisis like Pearl Harbor, World War II, 9-11, Oklahoma bombing, Katrina, iron, the outrage we all feel at mass shootings. Some would say our national upset at the Vietnam War. So why not COVID and Fauci or the opiate crisis, fentanyl deaths, crime levels, border crisis? I mean, all these things, all these um, energy crisis, inflation crisis with a clean path to a depression being predicted by most recognized economists and anyone with half a brain. Yes, it's true that that many of the first things I noted did bring us together, okay, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, it did, at least for a while. But as the list goes on, the same national crises seem to be just tearing us apart. As much as the aforementioned connected us, So the question is why, and what will it take to bring us together? Does it have to be an existential threat like the climate change fear that's allowing governments, especially ours, to tax us, spend billions on theoretical ideas which are supposed to bring theoretical changes for this theoretical man-made crisis? Why can't it be something we can celebrate that brings us together? Things like that used to bring us together, national holidays, July 4th, Thanksgiving, Christmas. In the past, we've come together as a nation when American astronauts, walked on the moon, at at the end of World War II, in smaller ways, at Olympic victories, Super Bowl, award, World Series classics. But most of these only focus our, our attention to a very small degree, not what's needed to unite our country while it's, so severely fractured. So what is it going to take, and how will we know? Will, will it be at a, at a moment when Congress gives itself one big unified hug? Or if there's more likely a duel between two politicians, but that would be more likely to demonstrate the futility of violence, as with the duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. Uh, you remember that, right? Okay. Where Hamilton was killed, and Burr, who was then the vice president, lost his career and disappeared. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah, Aaron Burr was slighted, and he called out Hamilton, and he was going to get it all back, his self-esteem, his, his his reputation. So he killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel and lost everything in doing it because. That's pretty much what violence ends up getting you. Although, you got to be ready for it, don't get me wrong. You don't want to lose your life, and you don't ever want to lose a war, that's for sure. But what cataclysmic event will it take to bring us together? I'm sorry to say this, but it's going to take the media to decide that. It's the media who influences and puts our attention, our focus, and, and even our opinions... More than anything else, and in most most cases, even more than the events themselves, the media shapes opinions, and especially so when when they're united in their opinions. Okay, as in the case most of the time when politics is involved, because there's nothing black and white about opinion. It's the ultimate non-binary, to use an over an overused term in, in today's world. The media being overwhelmingly left-wing, where people get their news, their opinions, they would, where they do their research, oh, I'm going to read the paper and figure this out. The general confirmation of their own opinions if they agree or come close or are looking for an affirmation of Democrat votes and progressive beliefs or counterpoints when questioning Republicans and conservative politicians. The media, even with Fox News, the New York Mirror, that by the way is America's oldest newspaper, and a few other major outlets and a handful of smaller upstarts is at least 80% committed to the left, politically and culturally. So if you want an estimation of their power, think about where the immense amount of money raised by politicians goes to media ad buys. Think about it. And the pundit shows, like the ESPN sports shows, we spend hours, not we, but we're watching these people on television Analyzing every single play, every injury, every occurrence, every, oh, a, a weird or or different thing about a player's running style or throwing ability or their personal life. Oh, my God, this player had an argument in public restaurant with another player or... And, and and we just watch that. We're mesmerized. There's like, what, how many of these shows? How many sports analyst shows are there? They, they go over every detail. Well, it's the same thing with the political shows. Every political personality is scrutinized obsessively to the tune of millions and millions of dollars to radio, TV, streaming, or however else we communicate today. The dollars... A huge. And it's all controlled by the media. The politicians spend all that money. You and I get, everybody gets something in the mail, something on their text message, their emails, everywhere, every day, from politicians all over the country. Donate, donate, donate. And I'm not saying not to. There are local p- politicians, you know, we all give money to. The local sheriff's run, the ro- local tax assessor. These are people, you or I, who we may know from our neighborhoods, or our kids' schools or whatever, and hopefully we'll get involved. But think about where the money goes. It all goes, or most of it, the majority, the vast majority, it goes to the media. The media buys, that's what they do. They buy TV ads, radio ads, whatever other kind of ads they can get. It all costs money. You get stuff in your mailbox. I guess you still get stuff in your mailbox. Do we still do that? We, <laughs> it, it is a changing world, but it's it's we need as a country. We need to come together. We need. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm watching. We're all watching as this election, November eighth. What twenty-five days from now? Twenty-four days? As as this election is right here in front of us, and we are focused. A lot of people, as we get closer and closer, more and more of us are focused. We we're, we're going through this crime, like this this. It's a disease. It's it's a pandemic of crime, all over the place. It's crazy. Yeah, you you want to call out the defund the police? You want to call out these district attorneys? You want to call out people that have the no bail thing? You look what happened after George Floyd died they burned down cities what was that three years ago now they burned down cities all over the country Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland I mean and, and nobody seemed to care look at the riots that took place all over Washington DC but one little event and little and I was there on January 6th at the Capitol and yes it was wrong and yes there are people that should be punished and yes it was vandalism, and it was a lot of things, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything close to what happened in the the burning down of federal buildings and stores and businesses. All this took on the police departments all over the country. New York City, Chicago. But, oh, January 6th is going to stand out. That was a, a revolution. Yeah, right. Oh, they brought we- What weapons did they bring? <laughs> the only gunshot was the one that... that killed one gal from San Diego who was an Air Force veteran who was I listen I, I don't want to get into the, the the whole the whole thing but it was it, it wasn't a revolution it wasn't even close but we've seen this all over the country that's the one that they're having hearings on by the way every it seems like every other week more hearings more hearings January 6th more hearings but they don't hear the truth the, the truth is going to come out it's going to come out Ashley Babbitt, her death, her I've said this before. If she was black, oh my god, it would be it, it would be Katie Bar the door. They would be like I I you can't even imagine what it would be what it would have been like. But Ashley Babbitt was just a nice 30-something-year-old white woman from San Diego who was happened to be a patriot, and she happened to see what so many of us saw, an, an election that just, it could not have happened that way if it was honest. There's no way, okay? And I, I still believe it. Do I accept the fact, Joe? What's his name, Biden? <laughs> yeah, of course we do. Yeah, we all do. Was it a fair election? Was it a rigged election? Was it a fixed election? Was it stolen election? There was something wrong in that election. And you know it. And I know it. And there's a lot of people that say we're crazy. We're wrong. But don't call me a liar. That's my opinion. And I am entitled to it. I look over the facts as I see them, and that's what I see. Despite, despite what the media says and which direction they want to go, we know they lean way to the left. Okay, we accept it. But we need the media to be honest, to look at this, not with calling us liars and racist. And We need the media to step up and and know that their job is to tell the truth and to do what they can to bring this country together it's about the media they could they could do that anytime they want to <laughs> i was i was talking to somebody today and i said if the, if the media said that pearl harbor was a good thing we never would have gotten into world war Two. Yeah, that's how strong they are and even back then the media is so powerful and they make so much money again from the politicians, from the pundits, from the shows, whether it's CNN and Fox News or MSNBC or whatever they're called. All of them, what do they do? They have these shows and we we watch them incessantly. Yep, yeah, we learn a lot. We do. We, 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 we do. We pick up. Little pieces, an hour long show, whether it 's uh, Hannity or wh- whoever on whatever station you want to watch you 're going to pick up a little tidbit here and a little tidbit there, but most of it it 's probably things that are going to they 're going to just say that yeah you know you 're right you 're right your your thoughts are right you're you 're correct that 's what they do for the most part, and we like that it makes us feel good about who we are that 's why we watch the shows of the that reflect our own opinions. And and they pat you on the back and say, yeah, we're the experts and we agree with you. So you're a smart guy, <laughs> you gal. And, and that's that's a good thing. But the money, the money in this stuff is absolutely huge, it's immense. And we, I, I don't want to say it wrong. I, I, I think it's important and we respect the media, but I think that it's only fair and only right, that we should be able to demand honesty in the media. I think honesty is important. And these people that fact check things and then come back and give you their opinions as facts, that's wrong. Should we have laws? No, we don't need any more laws. I'm not asking for laws. I'm I'm just saying, you look and you see that CNN has done a complete, I don't want to say a complete 180, but they certainly turned their ship. Around there, or at least they're in the process of of do, of doing that. And I think that I think we need to demand more, demand more of that. If you want to demand to the Fox, well, go ahead. I hear a lot of com- people complaining about Fox. It's not conservative enough. I love Fox. Listen, I I listen to Fox a lot, and there are people I like and people I don't like. There's people I like a lot and people are just like oh yeah that's okay that's pretty cool so you know but 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 and there are shows that I like because they're also entertaining like the five I think the five is one of the most watched and most popular political shows but then you also have that show in the in the morning with um Harris Faulkner she's got two back to back and I I I think there there's some entertainment value there too so that's all, it's all good, but let's understand the power that, that the media has and that whatever the event is that's going to bring us together, whether it's good and what's in a while, those things come up, they happen. Like I said, when John Glenn went to the moon, that was great. That was a moment that brought this country together in a good way. But there's also those moments that bring us together in a way that's... Not good. And, but it brings us together as a nation. And we need to know that at some point, we're all going to have to have each other's back. We're going to need each other as a nation. And I, I think at those moments, they're not good moments, but they're important moments. They're important moments. And we're coming up on an election. Are we going to be together? Is there a chance that after this election, we're going to be able to come together? I mean, what if the results aren't the results that we want? I want to get on to a different topic. I'm I'm traveling across the country again. At least I'm planning on it based on certain things happening. (laughs) I'm supposed to leave tomorrow, and I hope I do. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll keep on podcasting. Sometimes it it, it enables me to spend a little more time, actually, hopefully. I mean, I've been so busy. There's so much going on in my life right now. But nonetheless, you keep on going on. So I get something today. From my friend Steve Prager. Love Steve Prager. Steve's in New Jersey. (laughs) One of the good guys. One of the good guys at Rolling Thunder. I can go on and on about Steve. Maybe one day I'll get him on the show. We'll bring him on as a guest. Cool dude. So he sends me this today. And I want to read it. Because it's really cool. Now, it has pictures. And all the pictures are of the dollar bill. But I think that the text is worth repeating if you if you have a dollar bill and you look at the back of it then you could follow what i'm going to be saying so i want to read this on the rear of the one dollar bill you will see two circles together they comprise the great seal of the united states the first continental congress requested that benjamin franklin and a group of men come up with a seal it took them four years to accomplish and another two years to get it approved Well, I tell you, even then they had those problems. If you look at the left-hand circle, you will see a pyramid. Notice the face is lighted and the western side is dark. This country was just beginning. We had not begun to explore the west or decided what we can do for western civilization. The pyramid is uncapped, again signifying that we were not even close to being finished. Inside the capstone, you have the all-seeing eye, an ancient symbol for divinity. It was Franklin's belief that one man couldn't do it alone, but a group of men with the help of God could do anything. The Latin above the pyramid... If you have a moment, take out a dollar bill and and go through this with me. It's kind of cool. It's interesting. The Latin above the pyramid... Annuit coeptis, It's A N N U I T C O E P T I S means God has favored our undertaking. The Latin below the pyramid, Novus Ordo Selectorum, means a new order has begun. At the base of the pyramid is the Roman numeral for seventeen seventy-six. In God We Trust is on this currency. If you look at the right-hand circle and check it carefully, you will learn that it is on every national cemetery in the United States. It is also on the parade of flags, the parade of flags walkway at the Bushnell Florida National Cemetery and is the centerpiece of most heroes' monuments. Slightly modified, it is the seal of the President of the United States, and it's always visible whenever he speaks. Yet very few people know what that symbol means. It's kind of interesting, huh? The bald eagle was selected as a symbol for victory for two reasons. He is not afraid of a storm. He is strong, and he is smart enough to soar above it. Secondly, he wears no material crown. We had just broken from the King of England, also. Notice the shield is unsupported. This country can now stand on its own. At the top of that shield, you have a white bar signifying Congress, a unifying factor. We were coming together as one nation. In the eagle's beak, you will read, E Pluribus Unum, meaning, one from many. Yeah, we've always wanted to come together. We have to. Above the eagle, you have the 13 stars representing the 13 original colonies and any clouds of misunderstanding rolling away. Again, we were coming together as one. Notice what the eagle holds in his talons. He holds an olive branch and arrows. This country wants peace, but we will never be afraid to fight to preserve peace. The eagle always wants to face the olive branch, but in time of war, his gaze turns towards the arrows. They say that the number 13 is an unlucky number. By the way, today, while I'm reading this, is October 13th, which I find interesting. And it's also what prompted me to, to read this to you guys. This is almost a worldwide belief. You will usually never see a room number 13 or Any hotels or motels with a 13th floor. But think about this. 13 original colonies. 13 signers of the Declaration of Independence. 13 stripes on a flag. 13 steps on the pyramid. 13 letters in annuit coeptus. (laughs) Whatever that means. 13 letters in E Pluribus Unum. 13 stars above the eagle. 13 bars on that shield, 13 leaves on the olive branch, 13 fruits, and if you look closely, 13 arrows. Wow, that's cool stuff, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, if you notice the arrangement of the 13 stars in the, in the right-hand circle, you will see that they are arranged as the Star of David. This was ordered by George Washington. Who, when he asked Haim Solomon, a wealthy Philadelphia Jew, what he would like as a personal reward for his service to the Continental Army, Solomon said he wanted nothing for himself, but he would like something for his people. The Star of David was the result. Few people know that it was Solomon who saved the army through his financial contribution, but he died a pauper. I always ask people, why don't you know this? I mean, they ask me. (laughs) I know a lot of it, but not all of it. It's kind of cool. Your children don't know this, and their history teachers don't know this. Too many veterans have given up too much to ever let the, the meaning fade. Many veterans remember coming home to an America that didn't care. Too many veterans never came home at all. I for one plan to share this presentation with everyone so they can learn what is on the back of the United States one dollar bill and what it stands for. Well, Steve, if that came from you, period. Um I hope I did my job, my friend, so that everybody who's listening here today has heard this. And that's cool. I, I From the very beginning, it was always important that we come together. And we always knew that. It's not something that's just come up today. It's always been there. We've always been apart. I've said this time and time again on my podcast. And we've always worked hard to come together. And I think that's what's important. The fact that we've, we've put our shoulder to the wheel. We've worked. We've done what we can. We keep on doing what we can to bring this country together. We all understand the importance, and it's critical to our survival. I think if there's anything that's an existential threat, be it the Chinese, be it global warming, which I make fun of all the time, and and I do, and I'll stand behind that. Somebody wants to argue, debate, whatever, I understand. I saw Al Gore's movie, whatever, Inconvenient Truth, remember, in 1998, 9, whatever? How long ago was that? 25 years ago. Almost. We're getting close. We were gonna live for another what? Ten, twelve years, twenty years? I don't know. It all worked out, didn't it? And and there's more polar bears today than there were then. So yeah, I, I'll I'll argue it. I, I, the, the world is changing. The weather's changing. A lot of things are changing. Are there more storms now? Not according to the to the Weather Channel sources. Depending the sources that I see, there's the same amount. And yeah, there's some of them are more severe, but they're not the most severe we've ever had. <laughs> so the real existential threat to America is that we're going to tear each other apart. We're going to divide each other so much that we won't be this nation of all coming together as one. E pluribus unum. That's the goal. That's what's on that $1 bill. In God we trust is on that $1 bill. And these other things that the founding fathers found so important that it, it's right there, it's in front of us. We see it every day, but we don't look at it, we don't pay attention. And we need to. We need to pay attention to the importance of not agreeing with each other on everything, but agreeing to be agreeable. We need each other. And yeah, we can contest the results of elections, Trump did, and he was right to. And you may not like the fact, Trump did everything to its extreme. He, his, his modus operandi, <laughs> being that we're going to this Latin stuff, he is just this really aggressive guy. He grabs the situation by the throat. And he doesn't let go until he gets his way. That's Donald Trump. You may not like him, but if you like his his policies, if you like what he got done, if you like his accomplishments, accept them. Don't deny them. Don't listen. Joe Biden is the—how this man has lied his way to be the chief executive of this nation, to be the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief— of our forces. how does this man do it? He was thrown off the platform when he first ran for president for plagiarism, and he denied it. And it was right there for the world to see. And he he keeps on lying. Oh yeah, an exaggeration here or there. Yeah, I guess we all make them. It's okay. Joe Biden just lies, blatantly lies, and it now. You could say he's in denial about inflation, but that's not right. He's the president of the United States. you got to state the facts. you got to state the truth. you got to tell people. Are you going to tell the people in this country to get ready for a recession? We're in a recession. What's the, he, he tries to, first he said it's transitory, now he says, oh no, we're not in a recession. Oh, I, I can't guarantee that we won't be in a recession, but we won't be in a, what, what, is that a president? That is that who you elected? Is that who we as a country elected? I think we have to come together and agree that this man is the wrong man to be in that job. He's wrong. I, I'm not even going to go to the Kamala Harris situation. My God, God forbid something happens to Joe Biden and she steps in. Hopefully, the Democrats recognize that that we have a problem as a nation. And it's a problem that they brought to us and they have to fix. And they need to fix it. No matter how this next election comes out, this... November 8th election. We, I mean, we'll take back the House. And I I, I really believe we'll, we'll, we'll also have the majority in the Senate. We will take back Congress. I believe that. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I don't think I'll be wrong about the House. I, I could be wrong about the Senate. If everybody gets out there, who should? And I keep imploring on those, especially those very pro-life Republicans. And I'm pro-life. Don't get me wrong. Just not as pro-life. <laughs> i I remember we were arguing about who should be the vice presidential choice. I think it was when Romney was running, and I thought Condi Rice was just the greatest choice we could have made. I think she's fabulous, and oh my God, the backlash from Republicans oh she's not pro-life she well she, she may be, but she's just not pro-life enough let's let's we've come a long ways, and we could thank Donald Trump. We, those those of us who are pro life, Republicans pro life, to whatever degree that that he got those those conservative Supreme Court justices in there, and now it's up to the states, it's up to the country. Let's see what we do. Yes, it it has the issue has ignited a fire in those pro choice Democrats, and they're not pro choice. I agree, they're not pro. They're pro abortion. Okay, it's not a choice. A choice. Is it what am I going to have for lunch? A tuna fish sandwich or a hamburger? That's a choice. Like, am I going to am I going to kill my baby? That's not a choice. Okay. Yeah, I said my baby. It's not in me. I'm the dad. All right. And I think we have just as much right to say that's my baby. Okay. That's my DNA. So we we have a role here. It's not just up to the mom. All right. Yeah, my body, my choice. It's a human life. So let's discuss this. Let's argue and let's get into the whole issue of it because we can now we can because it's on the ballot it's it's out there and all these these again they call themselves pro-choice people are coming out to vote and they're going to change the landscape they're going to get their democrats elected who want late-term abortions and and if we don't get out there just in the same way we were so fierce about being pro-life, about ending abortion. Just get out there and vote and get everybody you know to vote so we have a Republican majority. And if we do that, this country will also vote on how abortion is going to be viewed, looked at, handled over maybe the next 50 years. And maybe it'll change again. Maybe one day... It'll go back to Roe v. Wade. Maybe they'll, someone will say, wait a minute, abortion, is a, you can't have it under any circumstance. I doubt either one of those are coming back, okay? But we have to meet in the middle. We have to see if it's okay if if rape, incest, the life of the mother, after a certain period of time, 15 weeks, 20 weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it is. It's up to us now, the citizens of the United States. So... Let's make sure we don't lose that. And let's make sure we don't lose this election. Because, again, those people that feel that that is the most important. And let's not slight them. Let's not call them names. I've been called names. I don't like it. It didn't, it didn't help the people that called me names. It didn't get me to look at myself in the mirror and say, yeah, I guess I was a baby killer. I shouldn't have been in Vietnam. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It, it made me reinforce my my own belief that we won that war every day and that we should have and 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 that's all that's all we do when we call people names we we get their resolve they we get them angry now, don't get me wrong how people handle anger they could pound their fists, they could yell and scream, all, all that's doing is getting themselves upset someone like me and my I, I would hope millions like me are gonna just say wait a minute i'm gonna i'm gonna and we're going to get down in the trenches. We're going to ball up our fists and we're going to go to, we're going to go to, we're going to fight and we're going to win. And and that's, that's what you do when you call people names. There's no need for it. Let's come together. Let's understand. Okay, that's how you feel. I get it. And we had 50 years of Roe v. Wade and now it's been overturned and let's, let's look at what's, what's ahead of us. Let's look at what's best for you and best for us. Look what's best for the mother, best for the child, best for the family, best for the country. That's. That's where we are. And that's that's why I believe in God. It, it doesn't happen overnight, but it happens, doesn't it? If you believe, sooner or later. It, it takes a while. It, it Again, I, I said this before, Rome wasn't built in a day and it wasn't destroyed in just one generation. These things take time. And, and while things are falling apart, everybody said, oh, the country's falling apart. Somebody I, I really cared dearly about said not that long ago, sat down, not a kid anymore. And he said, man, I never thought I'd die in this country the way the country is. Well, I love the way the country is. I think that we were born fighting, and we're going to keep on. But we don't have to destroy each other while we're doing it. Fighting doesn't mean war. Fighting means arguing, negotiating. Fighting means getting your way. And when you don't get your way, keep on trying. Keep on debating. Keep on engaging. Keep on doing what you can do. And if you believe, if you really believe, and, you, and, you, and you're not giving up, just keep on. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to win every battle minute by minute. This isn't a game. This isn't a game where the outcome is within three hours. <laughs> it's a baseball game. By the way, the Yankees are playing tonight. I'm all excited about that. And the Padres are winning. I'm really excited about that. It's, it's so cool. I often you hear me questioning how people in times of that we're in can just spend all this time watching ESPN and games or, when you should be more. No, I I'm wrong about that. You know, it, it, this is important stuff. This is this is stuff that makes our lives better. It makes us better. And we're not supposed to go to these games like the soccer games in Europe where. People get so crazy that people are killed all the time We see it we hear it. every year there's two or three incidences what the the one in was in Indonesia a hundred and twenty something people killed at a soccer game because of riots, and the cops used tear gas and oh yeah, okay, so now you want to take away tear gas from the cops <laughs> I know, but you know that's. That's how things are, and, and it's going to always be that way. That's why we want to elect politicians who are leaders, who are responsible, who know how to lead, who are proven entities. That's why, you see, you may not like Dr. Oz that much, but you got to like him better than this John Featherman dude. Is he a leader? No. You, there's no way. I happen to like Dr. Oz. I, I think he's a cool dude. He's been lied about. They're just saying he's killed thousands of dogs. He hasn't killed dogs, you know. <laughs> it was it Columbia University doing all these experiments that again, this is how we get these miracle drugs that we have today. What we have today in the way of healthcare is nothing short of amazing. Nothing short of amazing. And and it doesn't happen by accident. And there's a price to pay. And yeah, we experiment on puppies. Uh, I'm sorry to say that. But that's what we do. And and that's what they did. Did Oz do it? Did he go into the room? No. But if you listen to the media, that's what you believe. If you listen to the media, they're lying. They're exact. Okay, call it exaggerating. Well, I don't think it is. I think they're outright, outright lies. But nonetheless... Whatever you call it, it's not the truth. And so we, we we need to call the media to task. We we need to do that. And we can. We can today. We can text them, email them. We can contact them. And we should. Just like all these years. I know when I, I spent years fighting for biker rights and veterans' rights. And, and what you do is you engage the politicians. You go see them. You knock on their door. That's what we used to do. Now you're... Go see them. Knock on the door. You try to call them, but you also you text them, you email them, you communicate with them through social media any way you can. That's what you do, and that's what we need to do. And we need to do that with the media. We need to call them out. We we need and, and and boycotting doesn't help. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it helps. But I I do think it helps. That you go to a store, you get bad service, you give them a Yelp review. or it's a bad review. We have ways of doing that today. It means a lot. When I owned San Diego Harley Davidson, it was important. Every bike sale, every everybody that came in the store, they gave us a review, and we paid attention to it. Yeah, I know. We said to, "Hey, do me a favor. Give us all 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 tens. <laughs> give us all tens. It's important. Okay, and it is. And so, in some respect, it's fixed. But if you got somebody who's upset, they're going to give you a three or a five. And that's just the way it is. No one's going to give you a 10 unless they got really good service. Maybe you only deserved an eight or, an eight or a nine. But if you're getting down there, you're going to get a review. You're going to get that card back. And it's not going to be good because you, but we want to see that. We need to know that to learn. So we know that we need to work to get better. And we, and we always do. But we also need to work in this country to come together We need to come together. We need to learn. We need to vote. We need to get a result. And yeah, I know, there's always the Stacey Abrams who'll never lose an election in their minds, no matter what the election says. How many times she has to go to court? Oh, 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 you're saying that's Donald Trump. He did that once, one time, okay? Stacey Abrams does it every time. The Democrat Party does it so often. It's a way of life. It's, It's a way of life. And I'm not saying it's right, but sometimes she's right. And, And I think Donald Trump was absolutely right. I am entitled to my opinion, to my belief, and so are you. Don't hold back. These are the things that we think about. Stand up for it. But that doesn't mean you have to call other people names just because they're calling us names, just because of what they're doing. And by the way, the polls, and now I'm starting to hear this. I've been talking about it for a long time. I'm starting to hear it. On radio and television, they're, they're starting to acknowledge Republicans are not, you know, answering pulses. They're not telling the pulses what they're thinking, who they're voting for. They don't want to give out. They don't want people to have their names or addresses because that's what the left wing does. The left wing is just horrible about how they treat people that don't agree with them. They, they call us liars and racist and and everything under the sun it, this is not how you want to teach your children to act this isn't how we want, we don't want to emulate that at all in any way do we want to get control of the government and do an effective job of investigating everything that absolutely everything that happens everything the fbi absolutely are we are we angry and determined let's be more determined than angry so that so that i mean that's what we need to do we don't have to be yelling screaming pounding on the table making threats and calling names that's not the way to win the way to win is to be determined and undeterred from from getting it done and if we don't win this time we'll win next time you gotta believe you gotta believe believe in yourself believe in this country believe that we we, we need to keep on fighting and accept that you get in the fight, you're going to get smacked here or there. You're going to get a black eye and a bloody nose. But if if you believe in yourself, you're going to keep on. You're going to fight and fight and win. Eventually, we will win. And I think our time to win is this November. How about that? Huh? Make that feel good. This November. And we might win a lot more than people think, because that's right. The pollsters know nothing. We're not telling them anything. Republicans aren't saying what they want to hear. They want, to, they want us to tell them something. What do they do? They're the media. They're part of the media. And what would the media do with that information? I'm not giving the media any more information than, I'll trust, than I trust them with. I don't trust them with any information. They're not going to report the truth. <laughs> it's just it's, its going to come back on us. And I, I think that the, the smart thing is what we are doing, because I wouldn't trust the media. I wouldn't trust the pollsters, even the good ones. I just wouldn't. And so let's just uh, keep it close to our vest (laughs) and vote. Is the whole country going to come together? I think that that we are going to have, we're going to shock them. That vast right wing majority (laughs) that Hillary Clinton said we were a bunch of whatever she called us. We're going to show her this election. I think we're going to show this country what this vast right-wing majority is. We're a bunch of conservative Americans who love this country, who believe in freedom, who believe in what this country was founded on, a belief that we were endowed by our creator by certain inalienable rights. And we're going to step up. This is our time. November, this November, it's around the corner. It's literally days away. Okay, a few weeks. <laughs> I exaggerated. <laughs> no, I'm not a Biden. <laughs> I didn't lie. I exaggerated a little bit. It's, it is days away. So <laughs> I'll defend my lie. It's days away. And and we're getting down to that nitty gritty. We're getting there. It's getting exciting. Be excited. And you know what? When When we win this election, we're going to feel good. We're going to celebrate. And I think that there's a lot of independents and a lot of Democrats that are going to join us. Look at Tulsi Gabbard. I always liked her, and I always said I would never vote for her. I don't like her policies and all that, because she's a Democrat. I did not expect her to change parties. I did not expect—well, I don't know if she has, but she definitely left the Democrat Party, and now she's campaigning for the Republican candidate in New Hampshire, who happens to be a general. So it's great. That's more than I expected. But there's going to be a lot of disillusioned Democrats. When they see the results of some of these elections, when, when you see a Jim Jordan get out there, now he may not become the Speaker of the House, which I wish he would become, because I'm just not a fan of the leadership abilities of Kevin McCarthy. I like him. Good guy. Don't get me wrong. He's not the leader that, that I think we should have. But... He's the guy that's probably going to be there, but Jim Jordan is is going to be one of those one of those guys leading these investigations. And I think after what we've gone through in the last two years, I think they're going to do it with a renewed energy, a vigor that's going to just make them just get right down in there. You're going to see names like Cash Patel, who uncovered so much of of what was going on in 2016 and 17 with Trump. The Russiagate, Russiagate stuff. That was Cash Patel and that was, that, those people are gonna be like, yeah, this is our time. Let's get in there. And they're gonna do it in a, in a way that's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Katie barred the door. <laughs> Remember Gunsmoke? Remember when the sheriff would be in the bar with Katie? the bar owner or the barmaid or whatever she was, and Katie was like, what's going on? And he'd say, Katie, bar the door. <laughs> that's where that came from. Yeah, Katie, bar the door, baby, because we're going we're gonna to hammer it out right now. So that's what it's going to be, and that's what it's going to be for us who believe in this country and honesty, who want to see the FBI. We, we want to see the FBI be the primary and and the best and the finest Investigating agency in the world, and right now they've been tainted, man. They've they've been taken over by the Democrat Party, and that's that's an abuse that none of us should should stand for, and we won't, we won't. You're gonna you're gonna see all the truths come out. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. It's it's literally it's it's, it's going to be Katie by the door in America. You're gonna want to tune in to all these. All these hearings, man, and we're going to we, we can even go back and and go back and and look back at, at at Benghazi, look back at what what the Obama administration did with Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State the what she did, I think she's guilty of murder. that's an accomplice. okay, there I go again. <laughs> she's an accomplice, but you know what it, it, it's we want to see justice. And you, and you could bring it. You don't have to use angry words. You you could laugh and have a good time and have have some fun while you're doing it. But it's serious, you know. the 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 kid today who killed how many how many kids in Florida? How many years ago? Three, four years ago. I think maybe three years ago. And he was just the jury was. I, I'm I'm watching Fox News this morning, and that's what they have. They have the jury deciding whether he's going to get the death penalty. I forgot how many kids he killed, how many kids he murdered, how many lives he's ended, how much horror and and tragedy he's brought to how many families. And they're deciding his fate. Does he get life in prison without parole or does he get the death penalty? You know, look. I I mean I remember when Jeffrey Damo got life in prison they he didn't last very long did he sometimes i think that you know prison justice is a lot smarter than ours outside here and maybe maybe this kid'll feel some of that i mean it, it, this is mass murder w- what when are you going to give somebody the death penalty if not for this crime but they didn't they the, the jury i i didn't watch the whole thing i just saw what was on it Nah, I'm not gonna. I know what's gonna happen. They're gonna give him the death penalty. Well, they didn't. They gave him life in prison, which is pretty bad, by the way. But on the other hand, you're alive. You could read books. You could, you know, you get a computer. You get three meals a day, a hot and a cot. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing, don't get me wrong. But it's, it's not a lethal injection and doesn't end your life. But he ended the lives of how many kids? How many kids that. Their parents never got to see them graduate school or go on to a better life, to get married, have kids, have families. I mean, my God, we we have a death penalty for a reason. Anyway, I'm going to end my rant and accept what happened and say, hey, he's going to prison for life, no parole, no chance of parole. And in this case, I believe he deserved the death penalty. And... If he stays in prison until he's an old man and he dies, well, that's fine. But you know what? You and me are also paying for that. And I know what they're going to say on the other side. Yeah, well, if you got the death penalty, he'd just be appealing it. It would cost you a lot more money. You know, that's no reason not to give the death penalty. Don't tell me what it's going to cost to appeal the death penalty. That's that's a phony reason. Okay, they beat us. It's going to cost so much money. Yeah, okay, give them their way. No, that's not what you do. You fight to win. And you you fight to win when you give somebody that deserves the death penalty a death penalty. And I think it's a deterrent. I I think it's a real deterrent. And I think you make a mistake when you don't do it. Because I think as long as somebody's out there, they have hope. They have life. Where there's life, there's hope. And so if this kid somehow, 20, 30 years from now, gets somebody to plead his case and get him out. He was crazy. He was this. I don't know what it is. I do not want him to have that chance. I I don't, I don't think it's right. The kids he killed didn't have a chance. Oh, there I am. Keep on going on and on and on. I want to get to better things. And the best thing I can get to November 8th. I am looking forward to it. But I'm only looking forward to it because I know at least everybody out there listening to this podcast, listening to, to Rolling with New York Mike, is is going to be out there, is going to vote. Now, do I know you're going to vote the same way as I'm going to vote? No. But I believe you're going to vote. I trust you. I believe in you. Just That's why I believe in America. That's what makes this country great because we believe. Whether you do it or you don't do it, I believe in you. And that's, that's what makes it great. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. Thanks, by the way. I, I, when someone quotes the podcast to me or we talk about it, it makes me feel good about, about doing this, and I really appreciate it. So I'll be on the road for a couple of weeks, headed to Pennsylvania, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And meanwhile, I'll talk to you while I'm on the road. I'm New York Mike. Thanks for listening to me while I'm rolling. <laughs> rolling with New York Mike. I'm out. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep this podcast rolling.